how often do you get to meet people on your commute you're, as you're driving on you know texas yeah. university you know wellborn wherever how often do you get to see these things and yeah. for me you know every morning i'm you know, as I'm riding along, I would wave at people walking dogs mm -hmm. or people mowing lawns or, you know, utility workers, crossing guards or neighbors. I just get to see people. And yeah. I think that's something that we miss out as we just drive around in cars and trucks. Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brasses podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brazos County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brazos. This is the Think Brazos podcast, and we're joined today by Neo Jang, who is a member of the, not faculty, but the uh, staff, staff mm -hmm. of Texas A&M University. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, I'm gonna mess this up, I know, but part of the College Station Bicycle Pedestrian Greenway, like a subcommittee, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks we for appreciate inviting it. Me. So one of the first things I wanted to get into is, uh, we kind of discovered you, through this subcommittee um, on bicycles, pedestrian greenway. Um, and it appears that for a number of years, you've been interested, I think, in transportation issues, particularly being able to get around by bike and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Do you ride your bike everywhere? Essentially everywhere in this town. And it's, yeah. it's here, right? It's here. Right. It's like a really big bike that uh, can fit kids, right? It's, uh, it's a cargo bike with a front loader where our kids, they sit in front of me. Nice. And it's got two wheels and I just get around. Can you fit two kids in there? I've actually fit up to four in the front and two more. So it, it can be a rolling circus when, when it's, it's moving. So. <laughs> that is awesome. Right. And so you, you just pretty much get around that way. And um, it sounds like you're fighting for... Well, not fighting, but you're working towards a college station and, and a community that that it, you're e easier able to do that, right? I would. Yeah. So, how did you first start getting interested in these kind of things, and also strong towns and, and generally right, that right. sort of thing? All right. I'll start with by thanking you, Charlie, for uh, mm -hmm. inviting me to this conversation. It's such an honor to be here. Sure. Um, so you kind of. Uh, paint a picture that I, I've always wanted to do this, but it's it's to be honest It's always been kind of small and focusing on a small scale. So I've always enjoyed riding bike um, Just getting around So my wife and I moved here ten years ago. She's an economics professor Okay, and ten years ago in the first those ten years first four I worked in Houston followed by another two years in Austin Okay, and I would just commute just you know drive into town mm -hmm. spend the whole weekend You know drive back on Friday to be home with the family on weekends Okay, and the the time that I was in Austin was the time when I Essentially drove into Austin parked my car and then Monday through Friday I would just get around you know with my bike the whole weekend because I was so close to my work my place You know grocery and mm -hmm. everything it was quite simple to do that and then once I eventually found a job in town with the university, um, I just continued that. Mm -hmm. And I held 
the on-campus parking permit for just one month. And then I <laughs> realized I don't need this. I'm not using this. So I just took it back to the office and I thank you, but I don't need this anymore. Wow. So okay. that was uh, September of 2019. Since then, I've been full-time uh, bike commuting and yeah. bike parenting on top of that. So. And you also, on top of all of that, you organize a weekly like family bike family bike, bike ride. ride yeah yeah right? we, we did that a couple of times and i okay i don't deserve the credit it goes to all my friends tom and steven mm -hmm. and all these families who have young kids you know um ages between anywhere well actually atlas is two years old so but mm -hmm. she's not riding yet all the way up to 12 13 years of wow. age and they all ride their own bikes with with mama and you know mommy and daddy and we just go from college station all the way to brian to uh, you know, on weekends and to downtown, right? to downtown Bryan. That's and cool. the best part of it is you can promise the kids uh, sweets, mm. ice cream, candy, whatever, and they will leave the parents behind. They will just pedal six, seven miles without any complaining. So let's give a shout out to uh, where do you end up at uh, as far as the business? So we do with the go to yeah, yeah. So we go to um, we've you know our destination has been the the Kinder Hill. Brew oh, nice! Pack. I've been there. And. They have fantastic pizza, mm -hmm. and right across the street there's there's a bakery and coffee shop, so kids can go in there and get whatever they want. That's cool. Yeah, so. That's awesome. Yeah. So before the, um, you said for about ten years, y'all have been in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, before that, were you in Boston at one point? No. So okay. The the year. <clears throat> Right before we moved here, we actually lived in Canada for three years. Oh, okay. Yeah, in Ottawa. Oh, wow. It's a lovely town. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, uh, let's uh, jump forward to the here and now as mm -hmm. far as your your service on this committee I referenced before. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as a little bit of a background, um, I've heard for a number of years both cities, Bryan and College Station, will annually, it seems, uh, give kind of a... Um, PSA to the community saying, hey, we have these different volunteer committees. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking for a diverse group of people from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, join up. This bicycle pedestrian greenway is just one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's part of the reason that we wanted to talk to you today. Can you go into a little bit of, um, you know, what this committee is and, mm -hmm. and what are its goals and, and focus? Sure. Sure. Um, so again, another one that, you know, something that started very small for me and then mm -hmm. it just kind of grew over time. I've been selected as a BPG, so let's just use the yeah, acronym let's BPG. Do that. So BPG board um, this January. Um, okay. So it's a selected position by the council. And what happened was last year I uh, went and attended a cycle with council that the oh, yeah. college station hosts every year yeah, in mm -hmm. the spring. So I went and I rode bike with a large group of families. Mm -hmm. Again, a lot of cyclists came out. Um, that was when I actually met Councilwoman Kuna for oh, the yeah. first time in person. And she was riding at the back of the whole group as a, as a caboose. And since I showed up late mm -hmm. with all the kids in tow, I, I rode alongside yeah. her. And we had a really nice chat. Okay. That was my introduction. And then later she reached out to me and informed me that there's an opening for this, this bicycle BPG board and that I should apply for it. Okay. And I could not thank her enough that you know I got engaged in that, mm -hmm. in that capacity and then she really supported my case. Um, so I've only been to three meetings this year. Okay. Um, and then another thing that, that was brought to my attention that I would recommend anybody in either cities to do is there's a program called the Citizens University. 
Okay. What they do is the, the City of College Station hosts, I believe it's like 11 to 12 weeks, once a week, an evening course, and then they give you a whole tour of across everything from fire department, police department, public works, utility, uh, parks and rec, um, community services, and just the, the city manager's office. And it really opened my eyes to how, you know, just number one, you know, we have such a great city where the staff, they really care for running this city the best they can. And, you know, I used to be that kind of just uh, kind of stereotype, you know, complaining about, oh, you know, there's another construction on this, you know, on this road, you know, we're, we're talking right. about the median construction on Texas. Used to complain a lot, but kind of seeing that now, know like what people like what's all involved and how mm-hmm. hard the city staff work yeah number one actually some of these constructions may not actually even be on the city's responsibility it could be tech stod right so um that's they, cool that's, yeah they, they get uh, blamed for things that are even outside and they work so hard they just don't get enough appreciation and i think you know this was an yeah. opportunity for me to get engaged and see what a wonderful staff we have for working for the city, and I'm really thankful. That's cool. So, is it uh, free and open to the it public? It is. It is. It wow. is. Um, the so this year I did it, and this was the first time they did it in person since pandemic. Um, it's application based, and I think it, I'm gonna have to find it again. Um, it's they open it towards the end of the year because I, I did it through January and February. Yeah, I think so. So it's yeah, it's. So coming so up this fall. Coming up in look fall. Out yeah, it. look out for that opportunity. Right. Well, yep. that's great. Yep. Yeah, we definitely would encourage that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the committee itself, what's what's it trying to accomplish? I mean, the name kind of speaks Pretty to so, some of yeah. it. Yep, yep. But what is, what is it in a nutshell? So over the course of the city's history, they used to have separate planning for pedestrians, separate planning for bicycles, and separate one for greenways. And they all kind of came together. I'm not well aware of the the timing, but eventually they came together and it created this BPG board and that looks over pedestrians uh, and bicyclists as well as the greenways all together as kind of like holistic approach. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, that the name kind of covers it, that we are looking out for providing a pleasant and um, useful service mm. for anyone walking cycling pushing stroller mm-hmm. uh, rollerblading and you know these days students uh, ride their uh, scooters and also uh we all, you know one thing that we cannot forget about is um those uh mobility scooters mm-hmm. for people who are uh, with disabilities you know right so if there is an issue on you know mobility scooter getting around in some parts of the uh, sidewalks you know these are all within our purview that we have to be aware of and really advocate for improving these and just advocating for you know <clears throat> from uh, that perspective mm-hmm. to the council yeah so. okay so uh, what are i know you've only attended you said three meetings three, yep, yep, yep. so you're just starting out yep. uh, but do you have any i guess personal or professional goals uh, as far as working with this committee mm-hmm. uh, that you'd want to share today right um so the last meeting that i went to was last tuesday and okay. this was um kind of review discussion of, let's look at um, our streets and roadways through um, through Bryan College Stations. What they have is a thoroughfare cross-section. So imagine like Texas or university, you got mm-hmm. um, six lanes of cars going up and down, and then you got median. And then if you look outside, you know, from curb to curb, you have uh, pedestrian sidewalk, and you know, they could potentially put in um, cyclist uh, lanes or, you know, path. 
So they look at cross-section of these uh, roadways and say, okay, so we can allocate this much to cars and we can put you know, more uh, for the bicycle pedestrians. Um, so they do it at the, the really wide ones, you know, what they call major arterial, mm -hmm. and then minor, and then it goes to major and minor connectors. So wow. it, it goes down uh, four levels of classifications. Mm -hmm. And they were essentially asking us, uh, the BPG board, to kind of look at it and tell, uh, you know, uh, provide our feedback. Okay. And, and one thing that I, I brought up to them is that um, if there's anything for, say, like tree coverage. Yeah. Because you could build, so, so I was really thankful for, for this uh, study to bring up and say, we gotta make sure, we gotta ensure that it has to be safe. Mm -hmm. We gotta make sure that, you know, if the cars are going fast, you know, mm -hmm. nearby, then it's better to keep them separate, keep cyclists and the uh, pedestrians separate. So it's good to see that awareness that, you know, safety matters. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, you know, what I, read and I became more aware of is that, you know, walking and cycling has to be promoted as safe, mm -hmm. useful, and pleasant. Right. So, you know. Otherwise it, people won't do it. Otherwise people won't do it. And, you know, drivers would drive by and look at this wide sidewalk mm -hmm. and say, you know, there are no people here. Yep. Nobody's using it. So it has to be useful and, and pleasant to use. And right. I was kind of just you know, asking them about, can we make this pleasant by having tree coverage? And yeah. So, yeah, that's... Okay. You know, we live in Texas, you know, it could right. be 90, 100 degrees outside. Yeah, we exactly. You got to really think about that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, planting trees, I mean, it takes a long time it to grow. It take a long time. But uh, I imagine, did they say that they were hoping to do it in this instance? So, um, the way I brought it up was City of College Station has this other initiative. Um, I think it's officially called Cooling College Station. I've heard of that. And yeah. the, the notion is that um, this heat island effect yeah. is just getting worse and worse yep. with more you know trees being cut down and more things being covered with asphalt and concrete mm -hmm. so city already started this initiative to plant more trees across the city okay. uh in in you know, strategic locations such as parks uh different neighborhoods so and i just kind of slid that in and i said you know the city's already doing this can we do this towards uh these mixed-use path also nice. and you know that's so they were they were glad, you know, they're like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. um, and also they pointed out things like, you know, we also have to make sure that these are um, sustainable in terms of maintenance. You know, if it's sure. something that, you know, grows and, you know, if it needs, I don't know, like for instance, like grass, mm -hmm. you know, that needs to be mowed, you know, a certain number of you know, times a year. So those incurred costs on the city. Yeah. Um, okay. And that's that's all on us. You know, we, we pay as, you know, property tax and tax. So mm -hmm. the city's already moving towards kind of more sustainable, more smart use of these maintenance. Um, so they were saying, yeah, like, you know, we got to make sure that, you know, tree is good, but we got to make sure that it's not something that we have to keep maintaining it. Mm -hmm. Also something that won't grow into, say, like utility lines or, you know, grow roots into sewer lines right. and water lines. So they were all, you know, we all kind of talked about it and, you know, Man, it would awesome. be nice to do it. What are some of the barriers that, that right. we need to address? So you got the conversation started. Yep, That's yep, great. Yep. Well, I want to shift towards, uh, you know, this is a mainly housing podcast, but yes. we talk about transportation as well. I uh, definitely want to, if we have time, hit um, your ideas regarding safe, uh, getting children to school safe and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But you made a statement in a meeting we had a few weeks ago, I believe it was, where you said it is impossible to decouple transportation issues. Some of these that we've been talking about mm -hmm. um, from housing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I think you were even getting at even affordable housing. 
Can you elaborate on that statement um, for our audience? Right, right, right. So this is actually where I go out of my own wheelhouse and my comfort sure. zone because you know I'm a consider myself more of a cyclist mm-hmm. and I live out in the suburb and you know this is something that I'm thankful that you know we live privileged and uh, you know it's just comfortable life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The way it came to my attention is essentially through uh, what's known as strong towns, mm-hmm. and I, it's 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 been a, a, a such a drastic mental journey for me that you know I became aware of strong towns through a friend of mine, okay. um, who works for the university, Jeff Puket. I have to mm-hmm. really come out and say you know I, I thank him for introducing me to this, yeah. that it was in the space of you know as a cyclist you know you get to notice that oh you know there is you know bike path that goes along and then it disappears. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have a sidewalk that goes by and then that disappears or it just, you know, goes into such a sorry shape that it's not safe to pass. Right. So these are the things that I became more and more aware of as a full-time cyclist, mm-hmm. bike commuter. Then, you know, Strong Towns opened my eyes in terms of how our society has become very much focused on, you know, basically everything being car dependent. Mm-hmm. That, you know, our... Um, so we, you know, get up in the morning, you go from air-conditioned house, we walk to the garage, and then we get in the air-conditioned car, drive uh, 15, 20 minutes, get to work, and then we get to air-conditioned work. Mm-hmm. And then you reverse and, you know, you go back right. home. In the, in the, so we never really get to think about this much, but there's just so much um, taking for granted that, you know, you, you just assume that, every, you know, everybody has cars and we can mm-hmm. operate to get to everywhere. But then these are all... Um, decisions that are built into our, our um, policies and how we build our places, how we build our cities. So we separate housing from shopping, retail, commerce, and you, know, we, you drive to uh, where your work is and you go back. Um, but traditionally, the cities haven't been that way up until, um, I guess, like World War II. Right. When, when you know, this whole notion of that you separate where you live from where you work has become a common place and then kept you know people just kept pushing that boundaries um so fast forward 70 80 years now and we're at a place that i you know i read this i again you know i uh forget who who is quoted to saying this i, I don't take credit we're at a place where we're overparked and under housed mm. that we're surrounded by everything that accommodates cars more lanes more highways more parking lots and you go outside and you know you you know your favorite restaurant and there's sea of parking lot right. and you go to your work and there's there's abundance of parking and yet somehow we still find ourselves just asking for oh it's still not convenient it, it's Mm-hmm. There's been a, a, a raised awareness. Uh, it goes back many years. Um, uh, I think the most recent book that came out was uh, titled "Paved Paradise," mm-hmm. and, uh, and again, you know, it talks about how we got to this place. And there's been, you know, from from that, uh, there was a New York Times article about, you know, how we just, you know, we have covered our cities with parking. And yeah. Strong Towns did another a fantastic video on talking about. Uh, this notion of uh, this thing called the parking minimum that you mm-hmm. know all, essentially all cities and municipalities have yeah. across the United States. So yeah, I, I encourage everyone to look at that. That's where 
this over reliance on cars. Mm -hmm. Really, we just you know put more towards this, you know you know accommodating our cars, and we just push out housing. And right. these are the places where we could build a, a nice, uh, maybe even apartment complex, mm -hmm. duplex or whatever, and have people live. But yet, you know, we we just decide that hey, you know, we're gonna put parking here. Yeah. So, essentially, what you're saying is. Uh, for every parking lot that we're building, that is a affordable housing development, potentially, that potentially. is not being built. Yep, yep. That's a really good point. This also is, I think, related to housing and even affordable housing development. Mm -hmm. The idea of getting your kids safely to school, whether you're in a car or in a bike, like what you do with mm -hmm. your kids, mm -hmm. or some other mode of transportation, you seem to be uh, incredibly interested in this concept and uh, I'd like you to expound on that what are your ideas for potentially um, helping with this issue right 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 another uh, you know very uh, a good point you know there was a YouTube video that just came out from the channel called about here and okay. the title is uh, why are, why did kids stop going to school on you know walking and bike and I'm paraphrasing yeah. the title um, so it talks about how we have a, a society where parents wake up in the morning, rush with the kids, you know, mm -hmm. you know, get them fed and breakfast, and then just load everybody up, and then you just drive to school, drop them off, and then you continue on to go to work, and then you come back in the afternoon, pick them up, and go to right. go home. Um, when in fact, that you know, uh, there are all these families with kids who live less than. I think the, the figure is like about a mile away from schools oh, yeah. that they attend and they yet they are driven to school. Okay. And here, here's, a, here's this kind of uh, interesting experience that I've had. You know, when I first started just, you know, delivering our kids mm -hmm. to the school, to the front door on my bike, in the beginning, I used to get a lot of looks and, you know, kids are, you know, I love kids and they would always look at it and they would, they was like, wow. What is that? You know, look at that, mama. And mm. then they would ask, and some kids would be brave enough to come up and ask, How, where did you get that bike? Mm. And it's, it's always been such a pleasant experience to interact with the kids asking questions. And, you know, even some of the parents came up to us and asked, you know, like, how do you do it? Mm. And over time, what I've seen is there's more and more families actually doing, you know, I, I know at That's least great. three or four other families who, you know, just ride with their kids, either the kids riding on the parents mm -hmm. bike or the you know kids just riding on their own and it always makes me feel good that you know kids are able to you know build that skill to just get to you know on their own power and get there uh, get to school and you know go home um and now all of this uh has to be uh has to come with safe school area school right. zones and that's that's one thing um um, you know, if the parents and the, you know, they, they don't feel safe letting the kids ride their bikes, you know, then they won't do it. If the kids don't, you know, because um, if there are a lot of cars and if they're not paying attention, that's that's dangerous. Right. Um, so as a BPG member, like, you know, that's one thing that I always think about that, you know, yeah. like are the areas around school, essentially the school zone, is it safe for kids to walk and, you know, bike around, you know, either along bike path or the pedestrian mm -hmm. on the sidewalk. And... For the most part, there are a lot, you know, there's a lot of awareness, you know, essentially mm -hmm. any parents that I've talked to until now, they always talk about that, you know, they would like to do more of this, mm -hmm. but then there are some barriers. There's, mm -hmm. you know, there are some lanes that are not connected or there are just way too many cars around right. to feel safe. So, you know, these are the you know, issues that, that we can, that we need to address. Do you run into, um, with your own experience, taking your kids mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, do you run into unsafe 
situations every now and then or is it totally fine? That's actually an interesting point. When I started, so this goes out beyond just, in a, um, just you know, dropping our mm -hmm. kids off at school. Um, when I started, a lot of our friends, you know, when I tell them that, yeah, like I, I take our kids on, our, on my bike to go get to school and, and there's like, aren't you worried about all these mm -hmm. student drivers in town and their I would be. lifted trucks and yeah. blind spots and... So I was worried and, you know, I have to say, you know, this is something that I have to give credit to my wife who is not a cyclist the, the way that I am. You know, I, I joke mm -hmm. that between the two of us, I, I do all the cycling. Yeah. And um, so she used to be very concerned mm -hmm. that, you know, is is my husband doing the, you know, is he right. doing the right thing? Like, is our, are our kids going to be okay? You know, she used to be worried. But then over time, she um, essentially... Trust, trust, uh, started trusting me and mm -hmm. trusting the city more, the drivers, because that's that's been my experience. That in the past almost four years, I have hardly ever had any any close calls. So oh, say. good. I had never had any. Thankfully, uh, knock on wood, yeah. I haven't had any incidents <laughs> yet. Um, but by far, I have to. You know, this is something that that I really have to really have to thank the drivers of this town for that. The drivers don't get enough credit in this town yeah. that it's for me it's been positive experience that you know that when when drivers see kids on bikes first the first reaction i think is it kind of goes like this this is how, how i see it a bit of a surprise mm -hmm. that you know this is not something you see normally followed by um just uh courtesy and generosity so coming down welsh avenue like you know mm -hmm. i'm riding on the bike lane and by far, you know, all these cars passing us would give us such wide berth. And, you know, they, they are doing the, you know, because there's enough room to go around. And they, they know, you know, there's, there are kids in here, kids mm -hmm. on the bike. So they, they're really generous and courteous. That's and cool. on top of that, you know, when we come to a cross, like, you know, intersection, they, you know, people usually just, they always pass us to go by and then be really nice to us. And I've lost counts of how many, um, this is the funny part. Um, a, a random truck would, you know, you know, uh, stop next to him, and then they would roll down the window, and they would just give me, "That's cool, dude. That's awesome." <laughs> it, it's such a uh, just random compliments from from people. We just think it's just nice to see families and kids on bike, mm -hmm. and it's it's been very positive experience. Have you ever done the math on how much you're saving? every month as far as um being able to not drive as much that's you know more than so so I, i'll talk a little bit about that so i actually sold my car two years okay. ago i wow i let that go because it was just sitting in the garage doing nothing mm -hmm. um so we're one car family my wife okay. still drives um funny thing again you know um i'll have to um so she tells me that she is married to three husbands so far, all, all me. When we met and we dated through college, you know, I used to be really nuts and, you know, gear, uh, about cars. I, mm -hmm. I, I used to take the car That's to track. Funny. <laughs> it, I used to be really into cars, you know, That's more hilarious. so than, you know, I, I did my own engine work. Mm -hmm. I, I did all of that. Followed by um, this, so that was her first husband. <laughs> Second husband was uh, this, you know, I used to drive this uh, Honda station wagon oh. uh, while I was uh, commuting uh, to mm -hmm. Houston and Austin. And, you know, station wagon is this, right. you know, it's just reliable. You just get out, you know, in the morning and then you just drive, you know, it's right. just boring, uh -huh. you know, and, you know, I would, you know, that's how we, the family got around. And then I sold that one and now I'm full-time bike dad. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm the third husband. <laughs> the third husband. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Um, um, yeah. So is there anything else that we missed that you want to bring up or make sure the audience uh, knows about before we sign off? Yeah, so 
so I got kind of sidetracked about that last part, but um, the question was, you know, like what are the benefits of uh, just riding around? Mm -hmm. And one thing that, you know, I just really want to share with any you know, audience here is it's just so pleasant beyond any monetary savings or anything, you know, health of, you know, I don't have, I'm, I don't have a gym membership, but I, I just ride. I need it. <laughs> I, I, I don't want, I don't feel like it. Um, but recently I had this instance where along my commute, there's this house with the front yard that is just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it goes with seasons. It's, uh, it's more than just, you know, you, you expect front lawn to be just flat with grass mm -hmm. and just manicured. But this one particular one, has a lot of flowers, uh, wildflowers, and you know it's it's just blooming, and it, it's you know and it goes with season, and it's just so lovely. And after having passed it so many times, you know what I decided to do is that I left a little note, thank you know yeah. telling the the homeowner that you know I go by your place every morning, every afternoon. I I just absolutely love what you're doing. Thank you for doing this, and because you know it's it's so different to see yeah. something like that. And we ended up making friends. She reached awesome. out to me, and then uh, April and John, you know, they're they're fantastic people. And and what sure. I, what it got me to think about is that how often do you get to meet people on your commute you're, as you're driving on, you know, Texas yeah. University, you know, Wellborn, wherever? How often do you get to see these things? And yeah. for me, you know, every morning I'm. You know, as I'm riding along, I would wave at people walking dogs mm -hmm. or people mowing lawns or, you know, utility workers, crossing guards or neighbors. I just get to see people. And yeah. I think that's something that we miss out as we just drive around in cars and trucks. And I think that's something that we could all try a little bit more and just getting to just have that kind of pleasant experience. And I, I, I think that's something everybody should try. That's awesome. So, well, yep. Neo, it has been a lot of fun talking to you today. I Thank hope we can do this again, again sometime. Yep. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you so Thanks. much, Charles. The Think Process podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brasses podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrasses.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think brasses.